Hey mom, first things first, thank you. It's my one year anniversary of my decision to say, yes, I need help, and yes, I choose me. And that's the miracle. I'm lucky that the strongest person I know is my own mother. Love you, mom, Maxwell. Be that strong person who makes the difference. If your loved one is struggling with drugs and alcohol, reach out to Karen for a different kind of addiction treatment. Visit caron.org slash lost. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Are y'all gamers ready for the rootin' tootin'est down-home caliente sweet and spicy most delicious episode you ever done seen? Jake, you're a bastard. What? The people voted, and <laughs> given all the choices we provided over on Patreon.com. It lost in a Street Fighter lost in a Patreon poll to Mountain Dew and Doritos by two votes, and therefore my week was ruined. (laughs) All I want is to do an episode on Street Fighter. Why won't you give it to me, listeners? Why won't you let me have it? I had to sit here and learn about democracy and fucking, and fucking, um, all the different, I have a list of the flavors of Doritos. Well, gosh, Holden, sounds like you need to get on my meme level. It's all about the memes. I kept telling Jake, I kept, cut this song, please cut this song. Hold on, wait. It's a song about simple life and simple times. All right, look, look, just listen, everybody. Uh, We, since I want to say day two of doing this podcast, Jake has requested that we do an episode on Doritos and Mountain Dew. And finally, Jake, you get your way. When do we start this podcast? Every single week, he would say, I want to do Doritos and Mountain Dew. And I would go, no, Jake. There's so many other big properties, Jake. We need to do Akira, Jake. We need to do, uh, you know, Lord of the Rings. We haven't done, we didn't do Lord of the Rings on a show called Wizard and the Bruiser before Doritos and Mountain Dew. Lord of the Rings is old bullshit. All right. Lord of the Rings is yellowed paper sitting on a dusty bookshelf. Oh, Mountain Dew and... Hi, I'm the uh, wizard uh, today, Jake Young. (laughs) I'm Bruiser, Bruiser, Hold McNeely. Bruiser, Big Fat Loser. Here's here's the fucking reality I'm about to drop on you. Mountain Dew and Doritos is about having the most salt, the most sugar, the brightest colors, intense amounts of caffeine, cutting-edge science, all to create a simulation of food to the most extreme degree possible for maximum satisfaction for minimum effort literally pr- pleasure earthly pleasure for the lowest common denominator 
And what are video games? But a simulation of stimulation in of themselves. The two are inexorably linked. You cannot, nay, must not have video games without Mountain Dew and Doritos. And we're going to get to the story of how these seemingly disparate snack food products ended up becoming lamprey-like latched onto the collective torso of nerd culture. J.R. Tolkien's experience in World War II is what led to him creating the wonderful world we know as Middle-earth. Middle-earth is the home to hobbits, elves, orcs abound. But no, we won't hear about any of those things because we have to talk about how the original formula for Mountain Dew was invented in 1940 by Tennessee's Barney and Allie Hartman. The formula was revised in In a way, don't you think Tennessee is... A magical place? It is a magical no, okay, place. Okay, so I actually got deep into the history of Mountain Dew. On, okay, okay. All jokes aside, I actually had a blast researching yeah. this. There's so much here, and this is absolutely a fundamental touchstone to the sorts of subjects we cover in this podcast. So I, I, I'm honestly, this is a blast. Let's fucking so jump into it. To get it, into Mountain Dew, you actually have to get into the history of American prohibition and the soft drink bottling industry that kind of emerged from it. Yes, we'll get it out of the way right now. Mountain Dew is like slang for moonshine, mm-hmm. or specifically, I also uh, re- read it as um, it was uh, mainly used in reference to Highland Scotch whiskey as well. And I've actually had uh, Scotch whiskey in the Highlands. And it's absolutely delicious. But Barney and Allie Hartman actually made this. This is another one of my favorite things I learned. Oh, yeah, yeah. Stop me if I'm, like, going blowing past things you want to go back and cover. But they uh, they just they, they wanted a mixer for their booze in, in the 1940s. Mm-hmm. And soft drinks, of course, were sold regionally. So there, there was some soft drink that they must have really liked as their mixer. Oh, but they, it was too far away to get this on is, a regular occasion. Oh, I'm going to get it? Okay, so Please. this is... Uh, according to according to oral tradition history, uh, because there are Mountain Dew nerds that actually like did the legwork in journalism to like find out how this magical fluorescent yellow beverage came to be. Um, the Hartman brothers owned there, those a, are uh, also the slang for the Mountain Dew nerds are doozers. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> um, the Hartman brothers uh, owned a small local bottling plant in Tennessee. Uh, one of the hundreds of, if actually, I think by. By 1920, there were 5,000 independently owned bottlers in America. And like uh, some of the bigger brands like Dr. Pepper and Coca-Cola were like these huge national brands. Uh, Pepsi also entered the mix and became a big national brand. But it was still up to these independent bottlers to uh, distribute. And they would often create their own like stuff like Moxie or uh, Vernon's. There's still some regional sodas out there that still kind of are around. But like... There was an entire spectrum of regional weird sodas out there. Yes. Some knocking off others. Uh, it was it was the Wild West in terms of flavors. And um, the Hartman brothers really liked 7-Up. Oh, which that was, was the drink? That was the drink. So ah. the original formula for Mountain Dew did not resemble... Mountain Dew as we know it now, it oh, was yeah. Uh, yeah. it was a almost it was a kind of kicked up homemade version of Seven Up that was explicitly made to be mixed with whiskey because they also was they also had an incredible drinking culture at the Hartman plant where like everyone would go get shit faced after hours. Uh, hell um, yeah, they would. One of the key ingredients to help uh, Mountain Dew kind of kick it up a notch over Seven Up was that it contained inc- uh, larger amounts of lithium salts. 
Oh, because is that t- horribly bad for you? It's it's lithium, like the kind you get when you have a uh, a a uh, uh, mental health issue. Oh. Uh, it was added to early versions of 7-Up. If you look at old bottles, it was bib label. That would lithiated. explain my Nana's uh, medicine cabinet. <laughs> Go on. Lithiated lemon lime soda. So uh, as a nice pick-me-up, at the end of a long, hard day, you would uh, just drink some lithium lemon soda with some cheap whiskey and really just drown out your troubles. And it was a regional soda brand distributed by Hartman, uh, the Hartman Brothers bottling plant. For about ten years, and it didn't really, it didn't, it didn't shake the world. Like mm. it was just another lemon lime soda. They were just a couple of soda nobodies. Yeah. You know. uh, at a certain point, they passed laws, and you couldn't have poisonous metals in your soda anymore. Um, Man, things just ain't like they used to. Used to be, yeah. huh? I mean, you used to be able to really kick it up a notch with your with your soft drinks and your lithium. Charles Gordon and William Schwartz. Should we talk about them? Because they come into the scene right around now. They met the Hartman brothers on a train, which, of course, is how most people made big business deals back in the day. They would just uh, get together on a train. Uh, uh, they were promoting their soda, Dr. Enough. That's Dr. E-N-U-F for a company called the Tri-Cities Beverage Corp. Now, uh, Dr. Enough was also a lemon-lime flavored drink with the slogan, Enough is Enough. And uh, that that was kind of their big thing. It was created um, kind of like as like a hangover cure. And, and um, uh, they, were, they were all trying to kind of like um, – well, really, the the approach of Doctor Enough was that it was a uh, a vitamin based uh, soft drink as opposed to a sugar based soft drink to be sort of like a healthy healthier option. Um, so they formed Tri City Beverage in order to sell Doctor Enough, uh, and um, it w- uh, then they meet these two. And they decide, you know, to go into business uh, together. So the Tri-Cities Beverage Co. made a deal with the Hartman Brothers to bottle Mountain Dew until they were acquired by the Tip Corporation. So this is sort of now we're getting into the the thick meat of the Mountain Dew franchise history. So um, the Tip Corporation is, uh, they sold Tip Soda, which was like a kind of okay uh, cola brand. Uh, Great. Grape drink. Oh, yeah. It's a grape soda. It was a knockoff of Grapette, I think, was another thing. Mm, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, they weren't doing fantastically. And uh, even though they acquired the rights to Mountain Dew um, and the formula and the bottles and everything in their deal with the Hartman Brothers, uh, Pepsi came out with its own brand of lemon-lime soda named Team. T-E-E-M. I've only, I don't know. Apparently, it's like still sold in Brazil. Really? And because the fam, like this again, these are close knit regional bottlers that are all independent but still beholden to the larger national brands. So everyone within the tip soda like sphere are actually, um, yeah, team, mm-hmm. are beholden to PepsiCo. They're Pepsi mm. affiliated bottlers. So mm-hmm. they were forbidden from selling a competing soda. So Mountain Dew gets shelved again. So this is the second time Mountain Dew has failed. And the tip soda company is now like, uh, in in hot water, uh, having a rough time, all that good stuff. There is a a, a man named Bill yep. Jones, Bill, the hero of our story, the hero of our Mountain Dew tale. <laughs> he comes in and he and he he takes a nip of the dew and he says, "I could improve the dew." I, I technically he um this is this is the this is how I, I this is the story I heard. There's actually a few because like once. 
being the guy who invented Mountain Dew became like a title that you could milk for like prestige. A bunch of people have like conflicting accounts, but according to Bill Jones's story, he used to um, go into his backyard and explore the caves behind his house. <laughs> no, and that's he... Shigeru Miyamoto. <laughs> I'm sorry, I I get my research crossed from time to time. Uh, he wanted to launch a new soda in order to uh, help revitalize the brand and pay off all the debts that the Tip Soda Company had incurred. And uh, one of the partners said, well, I have all these, like, fucking Mountain Dew bottles taking up space in my warehouse. Make it, you know, call it Mountain Dew. I don't care what you put in it. Just get these bottles out yeah, of my Yeah, they way. keep falling on my workers, killing yeah. my workers. <laughs> I've lost seven workers to these giant mountains of Mountain Dew. Now, the one thing that Mountain Dew could not be was a lemon-lime soda because that would violate the Pepsi arrangement. Yeah, that would fuck PepsiCo's whole bullshit up, as they put it in the fucking weekly council meeting. I... It's the cola of a new generation. And fuck your bullshit. <laughs> Pepsi. Um, so Bill is constantly uh, working on formulations in his homemade laboratory. He's uh, He used to work in the flavor and extract business, so he understands kind of how different chemicals affect soda. And he apparently goes into iteration after iteration after iteration, testing on his own family, they say, testing on his coworkers. They say he went clearly mad. <laughs> um, he used to uh, he used to pretend his cats were uh, dead relatives of his, and certain things like that. He was sort of a, a strange man. He tried to uh, build a, a, an airplane. Turned out it was just a car that he stapled wings onto. He was a juice. Uh, do you have a citation for that? I'm actually <laughs> I'm looking at my notes, and I didn't I didn't see anything about cat airplanes. <laughs> He claims that um, he knew a witch as big as the moon. Uh, but, but everyone said that was probably incorrect as well, because how would you hide such a woman? So over the course of three years, um, Bill kind of settles on a very specific uh, uh, vibe for what he's going for. He wants it to be citrus-flavored. He wants it to be reminiscent of, uh, of kind of a fresh orange and he wants it to have a lot of sugar and a lot of caffeine specifically to combat um, the the 230 doldrums that you kind of get. Uh, like uh, the idea that this is going to be an energy drink because you do need a hook. Um, you know, everything, everything, you know, that was that was going to be the marketing push that this soda packs a punch and that it'll get you through the day. Mm-hmm. Um, and it will recall kind of uh, because of the Mountain Dew thing, it will recall like a homemade pastoral beverage of some kind like uh anyway um early versions were reportedly had so much caffeine that they would crystal the caffeine crystals would solidify in the bottle <laughs> i and, believe it i mean yeah yeah that that makes a lot of sense and, and? uh he used newfangled ingredients such as tartrazine mm. uh which is a petroleum derived food dye we now know as yellow number five yes yellow number and, five we'll get into that in a little bit and brominated vegetable oil which is a uh, it's uh, any kind of vegetable, oil, cotton, uh, canola, whatever. Street you get. named Brahmi V, mm-hmm. uh, in which uh, you add a bromine atom into the mix, and that lets you alter the density. I'm doing a terrible job explaining it, but you can alter the density of the oil, which allows you to kind of suspend little droplets in the beverage and kind of gives it that citrus oil, fresh orange kind of taste, and it makes it cloudy. That's why Mountain Dew's a little bit cloudy, is because there's uh, chemically altered oil droplets suspended in the sugar water solution. Also, because Mountain Dew smokes weed. Mountain Dew smokes weed. Mountain Dew smokes weed. 
<laughs> so um, the the packaging early on had uh, a really I really found this to be highly entertaining. It had a very cartoon. They they used a cartoon hillbilly um, on the early bottles that were created in 1948, um, and its tagline was "It'll tickle your innards." Um, so uh, Megan, if you could actually pull up uh, super du- super producer Megan, if you could pull up the uh, first ever Mountain Dew commercial, uh, I just I, I love this right here. Let's let's take a listen. Oh, beautiful Sal was a stone-hearted gal, refusing to build or to coo. Some little but Abner shit right like here. Yeah, yeah. He appealed to her heart. Everyone's in like burlap tatters. Mountain Dew. Gluck, gluck, gluck. Yahoo! Mountain Dew! Mountain Dew tickle your So this is during the 60s and 70s, so like Beverly Hillbillies, like... The hillbilly archetype was just in. Yeah, that was just a big one. At the uh, time. How, uh, what's Hee Haw? Uh huh. I lo- oh, I love. This Hee-haw is very so. This ad campaign I wanna is actually, very. I legit want to do an episode on Hee Haw at some point uh, in in this show's history. The soda immediately becomes popular, and uh, Pepsi buys the formula. They swoop in and buy the formula. Acquires the brand, and then they end up shifting the focus. And again, I love this line right here. They shifted the focus to a younger outdoorsy generation. So they got the younger part right to where it is currently, but the outdoorsy part, of course, very incorrect to today's uh, today's uh, time. But yeah, so so that's kind of where Mountain Dew starts. Um, should we uh, talk about the storied history of Doritos? I don't know. Let me just get a little. <laughs> It's orange. Weirdest crossover ever for me. But apparently it is said that uh, the Dorito originated at Disneyland. There's, the two, early, ca- there's, there's two, two, right? There's two yeah. accounts. There's two different I accounts. I like the Disney World version. D- yeah, the Disneyland one's, one's a lot of Disneyland, fun. Disneyland, right, right. There's, it's a place called uh, Casa de Fritos, uh, which is now called the Rancho del Zocalo in Disneyland. Um, it's a little restaurant where they used uh, the surplus tortillas and a recipe from a traditional Mexican snack called Totopo. Now, the Totopo is um, the name of a, a snack that originates from uh, the uh, Aztecs. Uh, it's a compound of the word tortilla and uh, Tlaxcali plus the word for thunder and means something like tortillas are uh, that are noisy to chew, as you just demonstrated to uh, for us all. Um, now they they sort of put their own little spin on it. They 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 created them at Casa de Fritos. They cut the tortillas up uh, that they had extra, fried them up, and added some basic seasoning. Um, either way, no matter what the two variances are, we'll explain I mean, the other one. Tortilla chips is kind of a uh, uh, a classic Mexican like staple because tortillas go uh, stale really quickly. Like, uh, basically, anytime you enter a Mexican restaurant, you are having, like, tortillas that were... You have to have them made in a, in a nearby factory. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was, like, a tortilla factory in my own neighborhood that had, like, a little kitchen uh, in Bushwick that I would eat at all the time. But, like, tortillas need to be handled fresh. So after a day or two, you can't really use them for your main dishes anymore. So that's why uh, a manager at this Disneyland restaurant was like, why are you throwing away the tortillas... Just cut them up and fry them, and you can like, serve, you know, you still get use out of them. Now, there's another variance of that, but either way, uh, no matter which way you slice the tortilla, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. There's always going to be one man at the center of all of it, and that is Arch West. 
Arch West is an American marketing exec who was working for the Frito Company, which soon merged with the H.W. Lay Company to become Frito-Lay, which was then later, of course, acquired by PepsiCo in 1965, which is where we get the real true submergence of um, these two properties. And by the way, um, and we'll get into this later, but I feel like Taco Bell might as well also be the, the, the subject of, of the this. The third uh, pillar in this <laughs> diabetes pyramid, <laughs> to use a weird, shitty analogy. <laughs> Um, so anyways, uh, so his, I believe it's his daughter. Yeah, his daughter. Uh, it was, instead he was vacationing with his family in San Diego, California in 1961 when he noticed customers at a small roadside restaurant eating corn chips that had been deep fried, and that's where it came from. But no matter what you want to say that it is, and people have furious debates over this, there was, of course, the slaughter of uh, 1995, where literally three people just straight murdered each other, arguing over the history of I love uh, that this is a very Dorito. specific like uh, uh, white guy kind of story, because <laughs> the story of Fritos, there's like a few, I feel like we've covered a few other kind of things, where it's like, the inventor of the, of the, of the, of the Dorito... Uh, was was he, he was he had his brilliant idea when he met the actual inventor of the Dorito, yeah. <laughs> and he was like, "I will steal your idea." Thanks, I'm the inventor of the Dorito. <laughs> now, uh, Doritos were released nationwide in 1966, the first tortilla chip to be launched nationally in the United States. I, th- I feel like you just uh, uh, bulldozed a very important detail that actually blew my mind a little when we were doing research. The original flavor of Dorito was. Nothing. <laughs> nothing. It tasted like nothing. There it's was no just flavor. a normal ass tortilla chip. Just a fucking stupid chip. Well, you can go outside and fucking call Nancy over, and she'll bring any anybody's stupid dumb tortilla chip. But what makes to me the tor- the the Dorito is defined by its cheesiness initially, and then it kind of spins off from there in terms of flavorings. But okay, it started completely, completely flavorless. Um, now there was a, uh, I feel like this there was actually kind of a challenge to introduce the tortilla chip in America um, because it was uh, Tex-Mex food really wasn't as as pan um, omnipresent I guess as it is now you know Taco Bell uh, uh, all the fast food places Chipotle like all the all the all the little things that made us like now uh, that makes Mexican food now a staple alongside Italian food Chinese food you know the the Americanized Greece categories. <laughs> uh, Tex-Mex was still kind of a, a still still a, still a new genre. So even though people were familiar with uh, Fritos, those were like made out of whole cornmeal, like extruded corn, which is uh-huh. in, in the American kitchen cornmeal was like pretty normal. Oh, but, and the flavor was, uh, by the way, did have a name. It was toasted corn. <laughs> was the name of the first flavor that was launched in 1966. Go on. Um, uh, tortilla chips and Doritos were made of uh, masa flour, which is uh, corn that is treated with uh, an alkaline solution, usually lime, and that like actually um, unlocks uh, B vitamins and and makes it more nutritious and also makes it a smoother consistency. Maize means corn, right? Um, funny f- fun fact: in uh, England, there was a horrific uh, uh, malnutrition plague. Because people were eating corn without nixtamalizing it, and uh, they were dying of uh, various diseases. <laughs> Tell me another funny <laughs> joke, Jake. Uh, but to <laughs> highlight just how new and like weird it was, like uh, this is a 1966 commercial from the launch of Doritos. Um, 
that like and the thing you should the thing you should pay attention to is uh that they're selling it as like a cool hip new thing. Yes, the even torch. back then. Yes. And even though this is an audio podcast, uh I can assure you there are no dips or sauces or seasonings anywhere. All these people are just picking up plain tortilla chips as if they were like an exotic uh fruit. What's the biggest news since the big beat? <laughs> the oh, new beat. They're setting up a surf rock eat. group. <laughs> Beehive housewife just filling a bowl. With a lightly salted, buttery taste. Ooh, lightly salted. Doritos are a swinging Latin sort of snack. <laughs> swinging Latin sort of snack. I love it. It's like sort of, kind of, not completely. Oh my god, it's so great. What a great combo. A with great drinks. Combo. Sandwiches. <laughs> just white and bread on white bread. Solo. Now, here's the thing, is... Get with a new beat in things to eat. Doritos, new So even though it's lame now, that must have been... (sighs) (laughs) Even though it's lame to watch now, that was, that was like hit, that was trying to appeal to the youngsters. That was a bold, new, like, daring kind of deal. Because tortilla chips were a bold, new, like, kind of... Thing. They had and, to like, you're cool. and they were loud. They were loud to yeah. to eat, you know. And I think that that was a big part of it that made it like kid like. Yeah, right. What I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> they they you know they scream when you eat them and it's sort of say they 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 defy the listener to um, not hear the crunching. <laughs> um, also, uh, the name um, Dorito derived from is derived from the Mexican Spanish word Doridato, meaning golden brown. So there you go. We learn something every day. Um, now, they did get a little crazy after the year one. Doritos year one, by the way, my favorite Christopher Nolan film. But the, <laughs> the, second, the second year, 1967, they added a taco flavor uh, 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 Dorito. And um, Hey, kids, do you like cumin? So, so consumers criticized the snack that, because it was marketed as Mexican, but it was not um, spicy enough. Hmm. for that sort of marketing. So that's when they sort of started. But I think they really hit their stride in 1972 when they started distributing the nacho cheese-flavored Dorito. Now, before we kind of get into the more, like, because we're about to get into the the sexy, extreme 90s and all of the wonderful marketing that goes into that, all the different flavors. We have so much more to talk about with this subject. And, of course, the relationship that Mountain Dew and Doritos has to gaming. But um, why don't we take a second and, and just talk about our personal relationship to these things as we always do jake every week we cover a topic and we kind of give our personal um uh relationship to to these different things so for me personally i think i uh when i was a little kid um i really loved uh mountain dew for a minute but then i realized it was giving me headaches so i stopped (laughs) drinking it but i did like it for a little while (laughs) I love how you're doing all this foley work unscrewing the bottle and by up 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 against the microphone (laughs) <laughs> right now, Jake, of course, is drinking a Diet Mountain Dew. Um, Tastes it, like poison. Yeah, I don't know why you got diet. It's metallic Ugh. in my mouth. Um, and uh, eating some nacho cheese uh, Doritos. I remember when it was nacho cheesier, mm-hmm. but either way. Um, but I still, to this day, love a nacho cheese Doritos. Now, I'm going to go ahead and throw it out there. I'm a bit of a chip purist. I'm real. I'm a. I'm a basic B when it comes to my chips. Okay, I like ruffles with ridges, 
plain lay, like, you know, just normal lays. Um, generally, like, like the only flavor I usually go with is maybe a barbecue flavor or Doritos. And I will tell you this, every, pretty much every time I go to a bodega and get like a deli sandwich, mm-hmm. um, which I used to do all the fucking time before um, I got into a relationship and, and Lexi taught me the art uh, of, of cooking at home. Salad. Yeah, of eating a salad at home and not fucking going to the bodega every time you're hungry. <laughs> uh, and, uh, but every time I do that, I almost always get uh, nacho cheese Doritos. I love nacho cheese chips, uh, ugh, nacho cheese Doritos. They are phenomenal. And, and to this day, I still enjoy them. I, I, uh, I don't know when I did it. Maybe a few years ago, I cut sodas out largely. I only have soda. I only have a Coca-Cola when I go to Chipotle, which I did today. Aww. And that was kind of a fun hey-hey for me. <laughs> but uh, normally, I don't really – I kind of cut sodas out. So Mountain Dew, less so for me. But, um, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm still down to do the do. Like if someone tosses me a do while I'm celebrating on top of a race car, I'm going to fucking down it. You know what I'm saying? Anyways, Jake, how about your personal relationship with Mountain Dew and Doritos? Um, I have always enjoyed a Mountain <clears throat> a Mountain Dew. Are you L- getting emotional right now? Ever since <laughs> I was a fat child, I dreamt of becoming a bu- an even fatter man. <laughs> Today, in front of you, I like to I like to celebrate the fact that my blood is poison. <laughs> uh, n- uh, I. No, Mountain Dew is incredibly sweet. It's incredibly smooth. It's uh, there's very few um, uh, challenging flavors happening there, and it has a caffeine punch that when you're a kid, nothing else. I mean, I'm sure, obviously now. I guess these days, like kids will just slam a Monster Energy or something now. But yeah, this was before, and we're gonna. We, there's some stuff to talk about with energy drinks too, with AMP and everything. But there, there. This was like before the big energy drink craze. This was kind of the closest thing you had to Red Bull or Balls. If you oh, remember, do you remember yeah. Balls? I remember Balls Guarana. I actually loved Balls. <laughs> Please isolate that. Didn't audio. Balls have grippies? It had it had Benoit it? beads all over right? it. Yeah. So that you even your shaking hand would be able to uh, grip onto it and 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 enjoy and take more of it. Uh, my nerdiest friend in the entire world is like to this day always has Doritos in his apartment. <laughs> like he would live off them if he could, and that's like part of the fascinating bit of Doritos is just how like they are scientifically engineered to deliver what is a a very nutritious meal uh, simulated. Mm-hmm. Like a plate of nachos has vegetables, beans, meat, fat, like all these all these things on like a base of tortilla chips. It is primal food uh-huh. with intermingling flavors. And um, my mouth is watering uh, MSG and like and all this stuff going on. And Doritos puts all of that in an orange powder in a 50 cent bag in a foil pouch. And to do that requires an insane amount of science. So that you are hungry, your body is like, I need meat and vegetables and protein and carbs and, and, and vitamins and, and all this stuff. But you reach for the Doritos and your brain's like, I, yeah, that's good. All right. Close enough. <laughs> um, and the way that like it always has to evolve and always has to like revitalize itself with new flavors and new formulas just to like make sure that you're always thinking about Doritos 
mm-hmm. is very because it doesn't have um, it doesn't have a caffeine. It's not like it's not physically addictive. Do you have a a, a, a favorite flavor of of Doritos? Uh, in the in the nineties, I was one of those Cool Ranch weirdos. Fuck you. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry. No, I honestly, I was a nightmare person. Seriously, yeah. Fuck yourself. Yeah, it's it's just so tangy. <laughs> It was so tangy. Yeah, I couldn't get down with that. I couldn't get down. I mean, is Cool Ranch not a thing anymore in Doritos? It's it's still there. Uh, Which, by the way, American flavored if you go anywhere. Yeah, cool American (laughs) if you go anywhere else because that's what we are. We're... People don't outside of uh, America don't eat <laughs> the nightmare that is ranch dressing on everything. Um, slam! You just slammed a do. I did the do. <laughs> I did a do. Um, I did a do too, but a different kind of do. We got to wrap this up because I'm gonna have to. I'm seriously I have shit in my pants. Um, <laughs> so, anyways. This is the fucking most ridiculous shit. I've got to walk out of the studio. I'm so much fun. <laughs> That's the most ridiculous shit I've ever done. Let's talk about Yellow Five oh, for oh, a wait. second because we're complete um, pieces of shit. Yeah. Oh, uh, the other fascinating <laughs> thing uh, about Doritos, I'm just going to end on that on on this point is um, that uh, in 1992 and 1994 they changed the formulas so that the chips themselves were like thinner, yes, and smaller. And they updated the uh, seasoning formula, and they continue to update the seasoning formula. Now they don't make a big deal out of it, but Doritos will like update the ingredients list and like change things all the time. Uh, Mountain Dew claimed it would update the ingredients after like enough countries were like, "Hey, a lot of this stuff is poison." Uh huh. Um, yes. Where they- is it? Uh, oh God, it is. It is the most terrifying. Oh, uh, but when like I don't cons- What happened was tortilla chips became tortilla chips. Everyone. Yeah. Like, Doritos did the job. Everyone was familiar with corn masa flour fried chips. So now, like, when you – I don't consider a Dorito a tortilla chip. It's its own category now. Yeah, it's its own bizarre animal. Well, yes, they – and as you said, in 1984, they spent $50 million to redesign Doritos. Um, they did make them thinner, but they also made them larger. That's So they, they made them 20% larger, 15% Thinner and rounded the edges of the chips. You'd stop cutting your mouth up. And I have noticed a difference that I remember I used to, my mouth would get all ripped to pieces eating some Doritos. Because you can't be too mindless with them pointy bits. That's exactly it. That's exactly it. It was the result of a two year market research study that involved 5,000 chip eaters. That's a lot of chip eaters. It was also given more seasoning, which resulted in a stronger flavor. And I did notice that it got a bit cheesier also in 2002 frito-lay eliminated trans fat from doritos that's cool yeah did, did they um did they get rid of the i'm sure they added 18 other different kinds of fat disodium guanolate i don't think so uh That'll what about still, that still will kill a spider i believe if you feed it to it yeah um, i mean it's it's not the, it's you know there's not it's not the actual ingredients that like scare me because like i know maltodextrin is just like some sugary stuff they got out of corn i'm not like oh the children but like it's the sheer number of ingredients that really freaks me out it's a lot now doritos there are like actual uh jokes made about how many ingredients (laughs) are found on a package of doritos because it's so obscene because like there's yeah it's everything from the spice mix to the preservatives to the stuff in the cheese powder to the stuff in there's like 18 different fillers because it, it 
it's it I mean, has I, to stay fresh. I wrote down the ingredients for Mountain Dew. I did not write them down for Doritos. That's oh. how many there were. So, and speaking of Mountain Dew, for that for the ingredients in Mountain Dew, we've got carbonated water, high fructose corn syrup, concentrated orange juice, citric acid, natural flavors, which always throws me off. Like, be more specific: sodium benzoate, caffeine, sodium citrate, erythorbic acid, gum arabic. You find that in a lot of stuff. A weird, really big word: ethylenediamine. Okay, this is my favorite ingredient. Okay, acid. Yeah, uh, it's on the label. My as My favorite sodium- ingredient, by the way, is sodium citrate. Go uh, on, Jake. Uh, so, <laughs> calcium disodium EDTA on the label. Uh, it says to protect oh, flavor. It I literally went- has to say like, "Don't freak out. This is to protect flavor." Um, Dude, I went to the, sh- yeah. I went to Joshua Tree and did some EDTA, <laughs> yeah. and I, I'll tell you what I saw like all my ancestors. Anyways, keep going. Uh, and that is short for you tried to. S- I also am going to try and say it because this is this is something that blew my mind. Yeah, uh, tetraacetic acid. And by the way, that's all one word, and he maybe even made it sound like it's not as long as it looks. Look at this word. It's obscene. It's the most obnoxious word I've ever seen in my life. And by the way, fuck you, Dr. Roger, or whatever the scientist's name is that created the word for this type of acid. What kind of high horse are you living on that you gotta give us a word that's 18 syllables long for a damn acid? Just call it doobie acid, or fucking, you know, um, fucker acid, or something stupid like that with your dumb big words i got a problem with scientists jake i'm saying it right now i don't like them well you'll be thankful for someone who has drank enough uh mountain dew that as you have that edta is in mountain dew because uh the brominated vegetable oil which again gives it the cloudy appearance and smooth like citrusy flavor um and the ascorbic acid and citric acid which uh is added to increase like the tart kind of acidity of the beverage (laughs) Uh, when they interact with each other, they produce a benzene. Oh, a known carcinogen. Wow, that's crazy. Benzene is bad for you. Yeah, yeah. For so sure. the sodium EDTA was added specifically so the two flavors don't become a bitter cancer juice. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, who could forget? Oh, oh! By the way, shout outs to brominated vegetable oil because I didn't get there. Yeah. We, and and I'll tell you what, Mountain Dew puts the bro in brominated. <laughs> And Uh, then, of course, Yellow 5, a.k.a. Tartrazine. Now, you might remember that if you were a child of the 90s um, while you were busy uh, watching My So-Called Life (laughs) and fucking what else did they do in the 90s? Talking on Instant Messenger. Um, I was in my own child grunge band. (laughs) What was the name of your child grunge band? Uh, Diapies in Heaven. (laughs) Uh, In the 1990s, there was a big rumor circulating that consumption of Yellow 5, specifically in Mountain Dew, had adverse effects in male potency, testicle and penis size, and sperm count. In other words, it'd make your dick small, yo. (laughs) Or your testicles small. Or your sperm's dumb. Or, yeah, or your spermies any, are stupid. Anything that a man can feel ashamed of. Now, there was, there was do. no documented uh, cases supporting the claim that tartrazine will shrink a penis or cause it to stop growing. So uh, uh, that, that was all kind of rolled back. Now, now I mean, I, I say we get into, we get into now, now, that we've, now that I've brought up the 90s, mm. we can move on to the many promotional campaigns that we saw from both of these juggernauts of the junk food world. Um, and how they became synonymous with gaming. I mean, as much as best as we can tell, because the natural evolution of these two uh, these two iconic 
figures in drunk and junk food. Um, it, it kind of was a smooth transit. It was kind of an obvious transition, uh, but of course, the, it was marketed as such all the while. It's uh, the fact is, is that both of these brands are owned by the multi-billion-dollar PepsiCo Corporation. Absolutely, and PepsiCo had a, a also a partnership with Taco Bell, which was like the the broiest of the you know. I can't remember because PepsiCo owned. Taco Bell too, but then it's spun off. But I think they still do stuff to get. I, I'm not sure. Yum Brands or whatever. Yeah, Yum um, Brands. So, anyways, I, uh, quick shout out to Amp Energy or Mountain Dew Amp, as it was originally called. That was launched in 2001 and changed its name in 2009 to just Amp Energy. Um, 8.4 fluid ounces of Amp contains 74 milligrams of caffeine, which is astounding. I like uh, uh, Mountain Dew Kickstart, which is the yes. weird brand they introduced for like drink it in the morning. It's fine. I have know, s- it's not sad. I have. I will read off a list of Mountain Dew flavors oh, at no. some point. It is obscene, and I didn't even write down all of them. It is obscene how many different flavors of Mountain Dew there have been in existence since the '60s. Um, but, but I think um, you know uh, things really got crazy. Actually, this is more in the 2000s with Democracy. Uh, but I absolutely love. Uh, well, actually, before that, we've got. Um, 2004, PepsiCo conducts extensive research to develop a beverage with a taste and color to complement, perfectly complement, Taco Bell food products. And of course, you already know what I'm talking of, listener. Baja Blast enters mm. the scene in 2004. So turquoise. Taco Bell was given a 10-year exclusive rights period. You couldn't even get the drink in any of its partnership stores. You could only get it at Taco Bell. It wasn't bottled or anything. The drink was incredibly successful, and many other new beverages were uh, introduced to Taco Bell, including a new Taco Bell exclusive, Mountain Dew Sangrita Blast, which is a non-alcoholic sangria-flavored Mountain Dew. That sounds fucking disgusting. Disgusting. Have you tried any of these? By the, I mean, all- I never ate a Taco Bell growing up, so I didn't have the opportunity. What? I was a Jewish. <laughs> I was a Jewish kid. We didn't. We didn't. We couldn't do it. Wait, why was why is it's not kosher? Oh yeah, that's true. And if I, I think the one vegetarian item, especially in the nineties, was like a bean burrito, which was literally just like a wet envelope of mush. <laughs> I've brought up my friend Pat many times. Super be- producer Meg is nodding in agreement that the bean burritos at Taco Bell are envelopes of mush. <laughs> yeah um i uh had my buddy pat who i've mentioned i think before on this podcast in different forms of fashion i used to use generally i would be spending the night at his place on a friday night in uh middle high school and the saturday morning ritual he had a house full of reptiles he was a reptile he owned a ton of reptiles and stuff um thus leading to a lot of my origins i feel like (laughs) this is all a part of my origin story um, so on Saturday, the, the thing we would do is we would go to the pet store and get mice, uh, to feed to the reptiles, Fine. mice and crickets. Um, and then we would go to Taco Bell. We'd eat the food in the car, um, maybe go to a music store, maybe go to like a, a guitar store and then go home and feed all the mice and eat the Taco Bell. And just, it was just a big feast in the apartment, just ravenous. So that's how I acquired a taste for Taco Bell. <laughs> I just I'm, like the idea of you being like handing out crates, being like one for you and one for me. Kind of. Yeah. It was sort of how that worked. So that was kind of my m- specific memory of this stuff. Um, the, I don't really remember ever getting a Baja Blast or not. No, nothing like what that. What about a bottle of Gamer Fuel? Now, Gamer Fuel comes a little bit later. That's oh, I'm in, sorry. I jumped the gun. Th- no, you're fine. No, you're, that was a perfect transition, okay. actually, Jake, until this part. Now it's bad. 
there's the name of a new flavor introduced in 2007, coinciding with the release of Xbox 360's Halo Three. It had Master Chief on the label, and two years later, they did promotional bottles for World of Warcraft. They promoted two different player races in the game, citrus berry flavor from before, along with a new wild fruit drink. There are so many times they rolled out this gamer fuel thing for Mountain Dew. Call of Duty's Modern Warfare 3 had a gamer fuel campaign in 2011. Halo 4 got one. Dead Rising 3. Forza Motorsport 5. Call of Duty. Advanced Warfare. Call of Duty Black Ops 3. Titanfall 2. Middle Earth Shadow of War and Forza 7 even still today are getting gamer fuel bottles. I mean, it's perfect. Look at the bottle. It's fucking Xbox colored. It's the most beautiful, perfect marriage of anything. I mean, the, the Microsoft must have just been like, I think they chose green for their shit because of Mountain Dew and not the other way around. I mean, Mountain Dew does look like something that came out of a video game. It is for sure. It is fluorescent. Mm-hmm. Um, this is yeah, it's this, Nuka-Cola if I've ever seen it. This might uh, give us insight into how uh, Mountain Dew and Doritos ended up uh, becoming intertwined with the uh, world of video games. In a internal uh, or not in a uh, press release by the PepsiCo Corporation called "Winning with Video Games," uh, PepsiCo brands are successfully partnering with leading video game platforms to promote products among video game enthusiasts. The worldwide video game industry forecasted to reach 111 billion dollars by 2015. PepsiCo brands are partnering with leading video game platforms to promote products among gaming enthusiasts, a coveted target market, and reinforce its position within entertainment pop culture. Here are just some of the ways. And then it just goes into Frito-Lay is continuing a partnership with uh, Activision to promote uh, Skylanders. Pepsi Max is uh, teaming up with EA Sports to make uh, NFL uh, 2014 covers. Uh, Mountain Dew and is teaming up with Xbox. Like They just understand that younger males maybe can't cook or take care of themselves. They enjoy extreme stimulation. Um, You're talking about masturbation? In a way. (laughs) In a way, I'm always speaking of it. Um, And especially the habits that they develop as younger people will continue into adulthood, Uh, especially the fact that, uh, you know, at at that age, you're not even a coffee drinker yet. So, like, if you can get hooked on caffeine, all the better. And in addition to that, you are the most – we kind of covered this. This is going way, way back. Um, Don't bring that up. I'm just saying, if you were to travel backwards <laughs> through time, through the magic of podcasting... Do not awaken that ancient beast, Jake. The fact is is that young dudes are especially responsive to kind of rebellious identity advertising. I Remember that Simpsons joke about how there's uh, subliminal, liminal, and superliminal? <laughs> so, like, the superliminal, like, hey, buy Doritos, hey, buy Xbox, you're gamers, you're cool, buy them. Uh, that was like the level one to get it involved, but I feel like what really made Mountain Dew and Doritos uh, just a permanent part of gaming culture was a little incident in 2012 that made it not just not just like a funny thing in the periphery, but a full-on meme. So I believe you were talking about Dorito Gate mm-hmm. or Doritos Gate. I'm sorry. Um, so there was an incident. Um, there was a gaming journalist named Jeff Keeley. Uh, and he did, like, an interview about, I think he's talking about Halo 4 and some other things. I mean, Jeff Keighley is more than just a journalist. He's oh, kind yeah. of a, a, he's a 
he's a he's a games for, media for sure. Yeah, yeah. Force. I mean, he he produces the the gaming awards. Yeah. Um. Every year, uh, he he's 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 like a a kind of a he's a face of gaming in a strange in like an in like a in a, in a big way. Yeah. You know. Uh, and he he did this interview, and he's got to the left and right of him, he's got ads for Mountain Dew, and literally like a, like six bottles of like Code Red, and like big bags of Doritos right next to him, you know, all you, propped up like perfectly, like you know, an ad. And in a good press junket, uh, where you know these are multi million dollar movie studios with multi million dollar PR firms, and you know, an entire art form to like seamlessly incorporating promotions and ads into existing things like you'll you'll see that you'll see that like i don't know samuel L. jackson is like interviewing with entertainment tonight and there's just like a, a very tastefully placed like heineken bottle behind him or something you know mm-hmm. there's there's ways to do this this one was like yeah or he was just sitting in a in void and these two standees just of of like I, like the table is like this comically small table with a tower of doritos on yeah. it it's just yeah it was just it's, it's it, funny looking. It's, it's funny looking. It spoke to like the rank, crass amateurness of of how far games media needs to go. Right, right. And and uh, writer Rab Florence uh, posted an article online criticizing uh, games journalism, using this as an example. That was on Eurogamer.net, and he was th- they were threatened with legal action. They had to remove parts of the article. Mm-hmm. It was this whole crazy back and forth. Um, this was also uh, uh, kind of on the like still the memory of the uh, Kane and Lynch fiasco mm-hmm. over. That ended up creating Giant Bomb. Yes, which uh, I that story. We'll, we'll we'll have to do an episode on on Giant Bomb. I think at one point. That's oh, that'd be fun. M- my favorite p- personal favorite podcast. Uh, besides <laughs> this one, because I listen to our own podcast uh, on the regular. Oh, I'm always listening to my own voice. Sell it, <laughs> sell it. <laughs> Hire me, Giant Bomb. I'm right here. I'm holding McNeely. Hire me. Go on. I mean, they should. You're. <laughs> I, I would. That'd be fun. That'd be good. <laughs> Um, but uh, what was I going to say? And then the Dorito Pope meme, which just look it up because uh, it's pretty hilarious. They they uh, gave him a Pope hat and all this stuff. I also want to say um, I, I met Jeff uh, Keeley recently. He's like a really nice guy. Um, he had no reason to be so nice to me. He answered all of my obnoxious questions about Kojima. Uh, <laughs> like, what's Kojima like? And, um, uh, you know. What does Chick Hydro Man smell like? <laughs> um, so, anyways, and I told him all about this podcast. And so, um, if you're listening, Jeff, uh, uh, thank you um for for uh for being such a nice guy. Um, but and, it's, it's, uh, but it's, it's not, it's not like he, it's not like him being like a bad guy in this situation, I feel like, as much as it's just like, it just it highlighted it was a this glaring per- flaw within the game's well, world. It, it's not like he set up that stand of Mountain Dews and bags of Doritos. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he could have been like, uh, "Get this shit out of here. This is like ridiculous." But I mean, besides that, I mean, whatever. It's really the PR people I think surrounding him, you know, that that made a big gaffe with that. But it's 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 the taint of it. It's like the weird like memification of it directly between the asshole and the balls. Yes, <laughs> uh, that ended up making it a uh, an in joke, a meme. Yes. So, like, in, um, you know, in Call of Duty compilation videos, there'd be, like, Mountain Dew logos and Doritos running every, like, flashing along with the air horn sounds, 360, no scope, whatever. Uh, when uh, Overwatch uh, started coming out, 
The character of Diva became Gremlin Diva. Diva came out. There was a, a, a she's the uh, Starcraft professional Starcraft player that that runs around inside of a giant mech in uh, Overwatch. She's actually my main. Um, so the moment the emote came out, I got it like immediately. <laughs> it was the she's the chibi style. Uh, cartoon characters started coming out of her, um, portrayed as a stereotypical gamer, um, eating a bunch of Doritos and drinking Mountain Dew, and then Blizzard themselves released an emote for her and an update that you could um, like purchase in the store with in-game uh, money, where uh, she could she would uh, be. Um, eating Doritos and drinking Mountain Dew and playing a video game inside of her Mac, which uh, is the best, and I love it. And anyways, that that was a big thing. And uh, to this day, Mountain Dew has uh, various esports teams that it promotes. It oh, is yeah. an active presence at any major gaming event. Because, and so it's, it's, it's inescapable. It's kind of a shorthand insider. You know, it's what gamers always do is they take the thing that they're derided for or like is an uh, is a bad stereotype and wear it as a badge of honor. Yeah, for sure. And um, I mean it's it's wonderfully hilarious. I mean people I, always joke that someday there's going to be Mountain Dew flavored Doritos. Well, uh that happened. Oh, they did that? <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. In 2008, Doritos debuted a mystery flavor with quests, with prizes being given as puzzles were solved. And the so so the fans had to kind of, it was like one of those kind of guerrilla marketing, like fans had to solve different puzzles. An ARG based around chips. Exactly. And the mystery flavor ended up being Mountain Dew. So that did actually occur in 2008. Um, In 2009, Doritos released some new flavors under the banner Doritos Late Night. There were Tacos at Midnight and uh, Last Call Jalapeno popper they also modified there was the x13d flavor experiment um where black unidentified bags of doritos were on the market for consumers to identify that and name the flavor the only flavor identification on the chips was all american classic um so they used that um uh and changed the name of that to all nighter cheeseburger (laughs) in 2010 they launched uh the spicy flavors you got blazing jalapeno jalapeno fire fiery buffalo and scorching habanero in 2011, a uh, Tapatio uh, ta hot sauce flavor was released. Uh, Canada ran a vote for flavors, which we'll get into with democracy in just a bit. Because that's the thing that I think these two have a lot in common. Like an obscene amount of flavor variations for the product. Because you have to keep people, you have to keep the novelty up. You have to keep right? people interested. And I mean, they really love getting goofy with it in, a, in really fun ways. I mean, just the phrase democracy is hilarious. So. I liked the limited edition flavor they released where um, it was Mountain Dew Code Red, Mountain Dew, whatever, yes. White Lightning. Yes. And uh, Mountain Dew. That was Dew, democracy. Uh, but they released a uh, a mixture of all three. And Typhoon. Do you know what they called it? Uh, red, white, and dew. Red, white, and dew. <laughs> and on the other end of that, they had um, uh, Doritos Roulette, where one in every seven chip would be incredibly spicy um, in the bag. They also, Canada ran a vote for two flavors. It was onion rings and ketchup and blazing buffalo and ranch. Oh, my God. I'm so sorry. Holden, I'm so sorry. I got the name of the flavor wrong. Oh, what was it? It was not red, white, and dew. What it was dew S.A. Dew Please, please stop writing your angry emails right now. 
um, to coincide with the 50th anniversary of Taco Bell. Doritos and Taco Bell partnered to form the Doritos Locos Tacos, which was introduced in March 8, 2012. That was huge. That swept the fucking nation. Doritos Locos Tacos are still one of Taco Bell's best-selling items. It is a a straight-up Dorito-style shell for your taco, which was, like, massive. Also, I love this one. Um, A new line of Doritos that were 40% larger than the normal Doritos were introduced in March of 2012. You know what they were called? Doritos Jacked. So it just think just immediately I imagine just like a big just like <laughs> just like a Dorito lifting like massive weights, and then we have Democracy and all the different flavor variations of that. And I can't wait. I'm gonna very, as quickly as possible run through all these different flavors and things. But Democracy was a campaign that was launched in 2007 that held a public election to name new flavors, as you recently just said. Um, it was uh, actually one of the earliest and longest running examples of a. Con- consumer product brand employing crowdsourcing to make decisions. Uh, I remember uh, M&M's had the same thing. Remember the M&M's? Oh, yeah. You had to vote for the new color. Vote for the new color, yeah. It still breaks my heart that blue won. Yeah, me too. I was fucking pissed too. I don't know why. I did. Just blue is unfortunate. It's an unfortunate color. Blue is just boring. I don't know. The other ones were more interesting. I feel like the other colors they were out, they were out there. But anyways, um, I agree, Jake. Fuck that bullshit. So anyways, um, the 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 voting was cr- uh, conducted via an online game. They had three different choices to choose from: Supernova, which was a strawberry melon flavor; uh, Revolution, which was a berry flavor; and Voltage, as a raspberry citrus flavor. Um, which uh, I believe won Voltage won and was officially released the day after my birthday, December 29th, 2008. Democracy 2 launches in 2009. There were um, just more online voting methods um, and also the Do Labs community, which was a private online forum for the most passionate Do fans. They all received uh, 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 50 do fanatics rather from that were chosen based on their video submissions to the video website 12seconds.tv and were shipped boxes of the seven prototype flavors. Three flavors were chosen from the seven. That's Distortion, Typhoon, and Whiteout, which is the one you were talking about. So you were referencing Democracy too. Um, you made me learn this. I didn't, I, you know what? I feel like we've learned a lot. <laughs> You've got fan Doomonium um, and back by popular Doomand, uh, which was in 2011. Pitch Black was the back by popular Doomand. Pitch Black was, I guess, a, a popular one as well. That that came back along with Supernova and Typhoon. There's Dub the Doo, of course, notorious. And again, talking about like internet and you know that this was one of the the ones that was hijacked by 4chan. Uh, Dub the Dew was an online campaign to name the next Mountain Dew, but uh, of course, all the options that were voted on ended up being diabetes, Fapple, Bill Cosby sweat, gushing granny, and other ones that were even more offensive that I didn't want to uh, necessarily. But even say when out they're loud. being trolled, even when they're being like the butt of jokes and memes, uh, there's I'm reminded of an Oscar Wilde quote, Holden. Yeah. There is only one thing on earth worse than being talked about. Not being talked about. Oh, I figured it was um having a picture of you sucking your own dick, getting passed around to different offices and sort of political junctions. I mean, still you're still your name is still on their <laughs> lips. 
Uh, Decision 2016. Decision 2016 was a vote between Baja Blast and Pitch Black. Pitch Black won the fucking shit out of that contest. Is now a permanent member of the lineup. You want to know here? Let me just read off a list that I put together of Mountain Dew flavors. Okay, you ready for this? Let me know if any of these tickle your memory bank a little bit. Caffeine-free, Diet, Code Red, Live Wire, Pitch Black, Baja Blast, Game Fuel, Voltage, Throwback, Whiteout, Electric Apple, Solar Flare, Black Label, White Label, Goji Citrus, Strawberry, Kickstart Fruit Punch, Kickstart Orange Citrus, Kickstart Black Cherry, Kickstart Pineapple Orange Mango, Kickstart Blood Orange, Kickstart Watermelon, Kickstart Blueberry Pomegranate, Kickstart Midnight Grape, Kickstart Raspberry Citrus, Kickstart Mango Lime, Ice, Kickstart Original, Kickstart Ultra, Golden Lime, Aurora, Red, Sport. Dry ginger, dew fuel, citrus smooth, Darth Dew, <laughs> Dew Pitch Black 2, MDX, Kryptonite Ice, Iced, Max Air, Max Air 2, Revolution, Supernova, Game Fuel, Alliance Blue, Ultraviolet, Thin Ice Freeze, Max Air 3, Cherry Fusion, Distortion, Typhoon, Grape, Lemon Lime, Johnson City Gold, Dew Shine, Spiked Lemonade, Holiday Brew. A good game to play, by the way, with um, friends and family at home. Uh, Mountain Dew flavor or street name for drug? <laughs> um, <laughs> in conclusion... Uh, the fact is, is Mountain Dew has uh, stayed as the number four best-selling soda in America for decades. People have tried to come at them. Mellow Coca-Cola has tried repeatedly with Mellow Yellow and Surge. Remember the giant ad campaigns for Surge? Yes. Never unseated it. Uh, Sundrop by uh, the Dr. Pepper Company, which technically came first, but let's not get into that. Uh, never made it. Mountain Dew, a solid fourth behind only Coke. Pepsi and Diet Coke. Um, and uh, Doritos is also uh, the second best-selling snack uh, in the Frito-Lay portfolio, second only to Lay's potato chips, which is the most ubiquitous thing you can buy at, a, at any supermarket on earth. And uh, Arch West, the creator of the Dorito, uh, was uh, he died recently uh, in 2011, and uh, he was buried with a uh, sprinkling of Doritos <laughs> on his grave. That's the saddest fucking thing I've ever heard in my fucking life. <laughs> You're crunching with the angels We're done. Now. It's over. This is done. We're never doing this again. I'm so glad we finally got to do it. <laughs> Thank you for indulging. Thank you so much. Um, if you enjoyed the show, uh, check out our Patreon, whizbrew.com forward slash, uh, no, patreon.com forward slash whizbrew. Also, this is our last episode with super producer Megan. Thank you so much for all of the work you've done with us, for us, and everything in between. Thank you. Thank you, guys. It's been so much fun to record with you and work on these shows together and watch like you know everything just grow and become awesome a hell now i appreciate you working with me so much and i love you both to pieces thank you thank you so much the feeling is absolutely mutual and what a hell of an episode to go out on i mean (laughs) is this where do we go from this fucking bullshit train when i'm gone please um sprinkle some doritos (laughs) on me as i walk out (laughs) the door (laughs) Um, ch- check me out, uh, twitch.tv forward slash holdenators ho. You can follow me on Twitter at best Jake Young. Do the do, y'all. Before the do does you. <laughs> That's an old Eugene Merman bit, sorry. Hey, Mom. First things first, thank you. 
It's my one-year anniversary of my decision to say, yes, I need help, and yes, I choose me. And that's the miracle. I'm lucky that the strongest person I know is my own mother. Love you, Mom. Maxwell. Be that strong person who makes the difference. If your loved one is struggling with drugs and alcohol, reach out to Karen for a different kind of addiction treatment. Visit caron.org slash lost. The legends are true. But overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last.